Good morning, and welcome to Simply Politics. It's Saturday, February 24th. On today's show, Trump claims black voters like him more because of his indictments and mugshot, while the Biden administration restores U.S. policy calling Israeli settlements illegitimate under international law. Plus, the National Rifle Association and longtime leader Wayne LaPierre are found liable in a lawsuit over lavish spending. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Politics. We start off with a look at former President Trump's appeal to black voters, where he's citing the 91 felony charges he faces and comparing them to the unfair treatment from the criminal justice system toward minorities in America. He also cited his mugshot in Georgia as a reason that black voters would gravitate toward him in November. Here to discuss this further is Michael, a correspondent for Simply Politics. Can you tell us more about Trump's strategy here? Certainly, David. Trump's strategy seems to be to connect his legal troubles with the experiences of black Americans with the criminal justice system. He's facing 91 felony counts in four separate cases for allegedly mishandling classified information, obstructing justice, conspiring to overturn the 2020 election, and falsifying business records. He's using these charges to say, in essence, I'm being indicted for you, the black population. How did this message resonate with the audience at the Conservative Black Federation's annual awards gala? The crowd, which consisted of about 500 Republicans, responded with cheers and laughter to some of his more inflammatory lines. Many of the attendees defended Trump vigorously. He was flanked on stage by five prominent black leaders, including former Housing and Urban Development Secretary Ben Carson and Representative Byron Donalds and was praised by Senator Tim Scott in a speech before he arrived. Trump has been criticized in the past for his positions on race. How does this new appeal to black voters fit into that context? Trump's record on race has indeed been controversial. He's been criticized for dining with a white supremacist, for his comments after a deadly white supremacist riot in Charlottesville, and for amplifying the false conspiracy theory that former President Barack Obama was born in Kenya. His new appeal to black voters seems to be an attempt to counteract that image and increase his support among this demographic. And what about the response from the Biden campaign? Biden campaign spokeswoman Jasmine Harris called Trump the proud poster boy for modern racism and pointed to his past actions and comments as evidence of his anti-black stance. She also pointed out that the unemployment gap for black workers spiked during his presidency. What do the polls say about Trump's support among black voters? The most recent Quinnipiac poll found Biden leading among black voters 79% to 19% for Trump. However, Trump advisors see a major opportunity, particularly with black men. They're hoping to improve on the 6% of black voters who supported the 2012 GOP nominee Mitt Romney. What was Trump's overall message to black voters during his speech. Trump's message was largely economic and public safety focused. He claimed that unemployment, crime, and border crossings would all be lower under his presidency. He also attacked Democrats for crime in cities, such as Baltimore, Chicago, and New York. He told the crowd about pardoning many people in office, including Alice Johnson, a black woman who was convicted on drug charges 
and said he'd pardoned many people in the room, though it was unclear whom. After hearing from our Simply Politics reporter Michael, let's now shift our focus to a significant policy shift by the Biden administration. They have reinstated a U.S. legal finding from nearly 50 years ago, declaring Israeli settlements in the occupied Palestinian territories as illegitimate under international law. This marks a significant shift away from the pro-Israel policies pursued by former President Donald Trump. James, our correspondent for Simply Politics, is here to delve deeper into this development. Can you tell us more about this decision and its implications? Certainly, David. Secretary of State Antony Blinken stated that the US believes these settlements are inconsistent with Israel's obligations. This reverses a determination made by his predecessor, Mike Pompeo. Blinken's comments came after Israel announced plans to build more than 3,300 new homes in West Bank settlements, following a fatal Palestinian shooting attack. Why did Blinken choose this particular moment to reverse Pompeo's decision? That's a good question. It's not entirely clear why Blinken chose this moment, more than three years into his tenure, to reverse Pompeo's decision. However, it comes amidst growing US-Israeli tensions over the war in Gaza, with the latest settlement announcement only adding to the strain. It also coincides with the International Court of Justice holding hearings into the legality of the Israeli occupation. How did the Biden administration justify this reversal? Biden administration officials did not cast Blinken's comments as a reversal, claiming that Pompeo's determination was never formally issued. They concluded that Pompeo's determination was merely his opinion and not legally binding. However, Pompeo's announcement in November 2019 was widely accepted as US policy and had not been publicly repudiated until Blinken spoke. What was the US policy on settlements before Pompeo's determination? For decades, US policy on settlements was guided by the 1978 determination known as the Hansel Memorandum, penned by the State Department's then legal advisor, Herbert Hansel. Hansel's finding did not say that settlements were illegal, but rather illegitimate. This memorandum shaped decades of US policy on the issue. What has been the reaction to the new settlement plan announced by Israel? Blinken expressed disappointment at the new settlement plan announced by Israel's finance minister, Bezalel Smotrich, following a Palestinian shooting attack. While Blinken condemned the attack, he made it clear that the US is opposed to settlement expansion and will once again abide by the Carter administration era legal finding that determined settlements were not consistent with international law. Thanks for your insights, James. In other news, the National Rifle Association, or NRA, and its former CEO, Wayne LaPierre, have been found liable in a lawsuit centered on the organization's extravagant spending. The verdict is a victory for New York Attorney General Letitia James, who campaigned on investigating the NRA's not-for-profit status. Here to discuss this further is Celeste, a correspondent for Simply Politics. Can you tell us more about this case and its implications? Certainly, David. The New York jury found that Wayne LaPierre, who led the NRA for three decades, misused millions of dollars of the group's money on expensive perks. As a result, LaPierre has been ordered to pay $4,351,231 in restitution. This case has cast a spotlight on the leadership and finances of the NRA, which has been grappling with financial troubles and a declining membership in recent years. What were some of the specific allegations against LaPierre? 
State lawyers argued that LaPierre dodged financial disclosure requirements while treating the NRA as his personal piggy bank. They said he billed the NRA more than $11 million for private jet flights and spent over $500,000 on eight trips to the Bahamas over a three-year span. He also authorized $135 million in NRA contracts for a vendor whose owners provided him with free trips to various locations and access to a 108-foot yacht. LaPierre admitted to wrongly expensing private flights for his family and accepting vacations from vendors doing business with the NRA without disclosing them. What does this mean for the NRA's future? This verdict is another blow to the NRA, which has been facing financial difficulties and a decrease in membership. The organization reported a $36 million deficit in 2018, largely due to misspending, and had to cut back on key programs. In 2021, it filed for bankruptcy and tried to incorporate in Texas instead of New York, but a judge rejected the move, saying it was an attempt to evade this lawsuit. And what about the political implications of this case? Despite its recent troubles, the NRA remains a political force. Republican presidential hopefuls attended its annual convention last year, and former President Donald Trump spoke at an NRA event earlier this month. However, this case could impact the NRA's influence in shaping gun policy, a role it has played for many years. Thanks for the insights, Celeste. Now, shifting our focus to Wisconsin, an ethics panel is recommending that local prosecutors pursue criminal charges against one of Donald Trump's fundraising arms and several other Republican committees. The panel alleges that these entities violated state campaign finance law in an effort to unseat a powerful lawmaker who had run afoul of the former president. Here to discuss this further is Abby, a correspondent for Simply Politics. Can you tell us more about these allegations? Certainly, David. The Wisconsin Ethics Commission has found probable cause that Trump's Save America Political Action Committee, along with a state lawmaker, three county Republican parties, and the campaign committee of one-time Republican candidate Adam Steen conspired to circumvent the state's donation limits. This was during Steen's unsuccessful bid to unseat Wisconsin Assembly Speaker Robin Voss in the 2022 Republican primary. What are the specifics of these donation limits that were allegedly circumvented? Under state law, individuals, candidate committees, and PACs are barred from donating more than $1,000 to the committees of candidates running for the state assembly. However, party committees can make unlimited contributions to candidates. The ethics panel alleges that Steen's campaign, three county party committees, and others arranged to circumvent these limits and steer larger donations routed through party committees to Steen's campaign or to his vendors. What has been the response from the parties involved? A Trump campaign spokesman and Save America's treasurer have not responded to inquiries about the commission's recommendation. Adam Steen also did not immediately respond. The panel has referred its findings to local prosecutors in the three counties where the local GOP party committees are based for investigation and prosecution. What happens if the local district attorneys choose not to pursue prosecution? The commission has stated that if the local district attorneys choose not to pursue prosecution, it reserves the right to refer the matter to another district attorney or to Wisconsin Attorney General Josh Call, a Democrat. And how does this tie in with the wider political landscape? This comes at a time when the former president, who is a frontrunner for the GOP presidential nomination, 
faces a litany of legal troubles, including 91 criminal charges in four jurisdictions and recent civil judgments that total hundreds of millions of dollars. In 2022, Trump endorsed Steen's candidacy and sharply criticized Voss for not yielding to his pressure campaign over his 2020 loss in the state to Joe Biden. That was Simply Politics reporter Abby providing valuable insights on this complex issue. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Politics. We'll see you back here tomorrow.